Welcome back to GA Fan TV. My name is Aaron, and it is the game day preview for this weekend's action taking place in the Allianz National Football League. 16 games to run through, 16 games to cover in total. There's a whole host of action, a whole host of games to run through. I suppose, first of all, if you're new to the channel, if you could smash the like button, and of course, for returning subscribers as well, if you could smash that like button, let me know in the comments down below what are your predictions for some of this weekend's games, and let me know in the comments live as well. Who will you, will you be backing this weekend going into this weekend's round of the Allianz National Football League? Because there's a whole host of games, promotion, relegation could very well be decided this weekend in multiple different divisions. And it's just some really, really big games to discuss. No doubt about that whatsoever. So we will share the link as well for some of you lads to come on and jump on the stream and have your say joining the conversation. And happy St. Patrick's Day. Here we go. Yes, that's right. Welcome back to GA Fan TV. I'm your host, Aaron Prendergast, as always. It is St. Patrick's Day, so happy Paddy's Day to anyone who's watching, and hopefully you grab yourself a, a couple of beers, because God knows I certainly will at some point um, later this evening, but undoubtedly it's a bit chaotic in Dublin on Paddy's Day at times. A little bit crazy, a little bit mental, so you gotta you got to watch yourself, but... Nothing better to do than preview this weekend's National Football League action because things are really, really beginning to heat up in all four divisions. It's the penultimate round of games, round six in the Allianz National Football League. Some teams can secure promotion. Some teams could be relegated this weekend as well. Um, so really, really a lot to play for and a lot on the line for various different counties. And starting off with the Division One fixtures, I mean, you've got some big, big games. Kildare taken up. Uh, you know, going up against Monaghan in a really all-or-nothing clash in Division 1. I think whoever loses that could very much be down. We've got Tyrone Mayo, Dublin Donegal, Armagh, Kerry as well. So some really, really big games, no doubt about that. We will uh, throw Division 1 up on the screen first of all before we run into the game so we can see exactly where teams are standing. We've got Kerry on top there with nine points, four wins from their five matches and actually a win against Armad this weekend will secure a league final. In fact, the draw would pretty much secure a league final at this stage with the fact that they have a far better score difference. And you're looking down at the bottom as well. You've got Kildare and Monaghan. The loser of that could be in massive, massive trouble. Tyrone obviously going up against Mayo at home. Massive game for them as well. And can Dublin make it back-to-back -back wins this year, having seen off Tyrone last weekend, that is the big question indeed. So, look, we'll start off with some of the games down near the bottom. And Kildare Monaghan is a massive game, no doubt about that. And Almighty Clasher was saying both of um, you know both have been incredibly even this year, actually, in terms of statistics as well, in terms of what they've both scored, what they've both conceded. Um, they've very much been on an even trajectory, which kind of leaves me to believe that this is going to be a very, very close game. You know, Conor McManus, obviously, as we very well know, he's he's been exceptional for, for Monaghan for the last, what, 10 years nearly at this point. one thirteen in total, one three from play. But I think the likes of Andrew Woods coming in there, um, I think has made a, a big difference. He scored 1-1 one, one the last day and made a big impact in that win over Donegal. And he's been uh, very impressive from... A Monaghan point of view, and even when Conor McManus didn't play in the first couple of games, and obviously he was suspended then as well, you know, you've had Jack McCarron who's come up, come in and, and stood up. And, you know, other than that Kerry game, you know, I think Monaghan have fought tooth and nail in every game, and they've given themselves a massive, massive opportunity, in my opinion, to stay up because it's firmly within their hands. They go away to Kildare, then they play Dublin. Even if they lose this game and, and then go and beat Dublin, they should be safe, I think, um, give or take, depending on, on other results. So, you know, it is a massive all-or-nothing clash, really, between these two. Um, 
you know, I think whoever loses is likely to be relegated again. It will depend on other results quite a bit as well. It will depend how Dublin obviously get on in, in their final two games and Tyrone as well. Um, but it's going to be interesting. I think from a Kildare perspective, I think even if they do go down, they do go down, uh, they do get relegated. I think, look, you know, you're going down with a fight, um, you know, and, and not to say that you that you will get relegated. I still think there's a massive, massive chance that Kildare don't. But, you know, you've shown a tremendous effort and I think you've proven as well that you can compete at this level of football. You know, you can compete in Division 1. You can compete against some of the best teams in the country, no doubt about that. So, you know, I think from a Kildare perspective, you'd be very, very happy with, uh, with, with how this year has gone and, you know, Jimmy Hoyland in sensational form. And if he can carry that form going into that Leinster Championship, you know, 221 in total this year with 2-9 from play, I think you've got a chance. I really, really do. I think you've got a chance of maybe causing a bit of a shock in the Leinster Championship, but we'll we'll wait and see. Paddy Woodgate, who's come into the team, I've, I've, I've rang his praises quite a bit already a couple of times this year. 10 points so far the majority of which from play in those five matches. And he's really that sort of, sort of, he's that final piece in that jigsaw that is an already brilliant full forward line with Daniel Flynn in there as well. So, um, look, I think this game is going to be very, very close. And it, it's such a hard one to call. You know, Kildare, they're, they're, you know, they're one of them counties as well that when they're playing at home, when they're in Newbridge, they've got that sort of, Siege mentality a bit. They're very hard to beat there. We, we've seen them on numerous times produce big results. Obviously, this year, they beat Dublin. They drew with Kerry as well. And that's the only game Kerry haven't won. Um, and that, it's worth, obviously, pointing that out. I know Kerry were a little bit maybe indifferent that day. First day of the league. Probably didn't have a lot of their best players on the pitch. But, you know, I, I think for Kildare, they can take a lot of positives from their home form. Um, and Monaghan... You know, every time you write them off and every time you you feel like they're relegated, they come back from the dead. It wouldn't surprise me if they lost this game and then beat Dublin because that's kind of their story of the last couple of years. They lose the games they should be winning and they win the games they shouldn't be winning. Um, so, yeah, uh, Alan Faye says there, Dublin, yeah, we'll get on to the Dublin game in, in just a moment. But, yeah, in terms of this one, I'm going to go for a draw. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be really, really close. And I think... Maybe Kildare might build up a bit of a lead and and then Monaghan might find the way back into it. Um, they might fight back a little bit, but it's going to be very close. It really, really is. Tyrone and Mayo's up next. And, I mean, Tyrone, the second worst attack in the entirety of the National Football League this year. I mean, what on earth is going on there? I mean, you know, and I know sometimes some people on on, on this YouTube channel when they leave comments or whatever... I know a lot of you lads sometimes have the best intentions, but sometimes, you know, I think some people sometimes get a little bit, I don't know what it is when you criticise Tyrone. I think some people try to bring politics into it as well and the comment section, and I've seen a few bizarre comments recently when I've been criticising Tyrone, and it's a bit like, what, you know, what what on earth, you know, head in the sand type moment. I mean, look, I just don't think Tyrone have been good enough this year, but it isn't anything got to do with, where they're located in the country. Do you know do you know it's nothing got to do with anything like that, you know? And I think Tyrone maybe because they've been so heavily disrespected by RTE and the media down the years, which I agree with, they kind of think everyone feels like that. It's not that way. You know, I, I think Tyrone are a phenomenal team. I think when they get when, if if they can click into gear this year, I would still put them as maybe three, four in terms of the best teams in the country. Um the question is, though, you know, how, how long is it going to be? You know, usually it's halfway through the league where you click into gear, and it just hasn't happened yet for Toronto. As I said, second worst attack in the entirety of the National League behind down. 250 in five games, two goals, 50 points in five games, an average of 11 points per game as well. So, you know, and I think the thing I noticed as well from Toronto is they don't seem to have that bite, that sort of nastiness in, in Toronto. And I mean that in a positive way, where, where they make things really tough, physical. I remember that Mayo and, and Kerry game last year where they just made life very, very difficult. Um, you know, Mayo and Kerry had to work for every score. Throne were chasing every ball, you know, three, four, five turnovers. Um, you know, and that sort of area between the half-back line and the half-forward line was really where Tyrone were doing the majority of their brilliant work. Um, midfield doesn't quite seem to be there yet. I, I know, obviously, uh, Brian Kennedy hasn't played a lot of a lot of games this year. He's kind of been in and out of the, out of the team, but... You would still feel Kennedy and Kilpatrick as that best midfield pairing that Tyrone have because it was exceptional in, in the All Ireland final last year. You still have Matty Donnelly to come back as well. 
you know, he might maybe add a little bit more. But look, McCurry's been brilliant at times this year. You know, he's been the only one, I think, who's stood up for Tyrone. But you're looking at Niall Sludden, Connor Moyler, Connor Moyler in there. They just haven't really delivered, you know, as much as they did last year. Um, Dara Canavan looks brilliant on the ball. He's got the skills. He's got the pace. Just lacking that end product um, so far this year. Um, and look, I know they didn't do too well in the league last year, um, and that is fair, you know. But they did get to a league semi-final. I think people are forgetting that. Just, you know, they were they were trashed by Kerry in, in, in that league semi-final. But that league semi-final had no weight on it because, the, you know, there was, there was no final, you know. Um, so I do think there's a, a lot of missing context in regards to that. Gavin says Tyrone didn't do great in the league last year and then uh, then won the All-Ireland, so you never really know it's wrong. And it is exactly the point. Look, if they can build a bit of momentum in the championship, beat Fermanagh, which I think they should be beaten. I know Fermanagh have kind of slightly improved, but there's levels to this, you know, and Tyrone should win that. It'll be tough getting through Ulster, but you would st- you would be shocked if they weren't in a quarterfinal, semi-final, you know, and they're, they're going to need to win games building up to that. And I think that will give them uh, confidence. And look, from a Mayo perspective, they'll want revenge from that All-Ireland final last year, no doubt about it. I mean, that certainly would have been one of the All-Ireland finals that would have hurt them the most, given the fact that, you know, they've done the hard part. They beat the Dubs in the in, in the semi-finals. Um, I know people would look at Dublin now and think maybe, you know, but Dublin were still the top dogs at that moment in time and Mayo beat them and then lost in the final. And, didn't really perform in in the final. It was one of their first All-Ireland finals where they didn't actually perform and play that well. So, you know, I think this is a big one, big one for, uh, well, bigger for Tyrone. I think Mayo can afford to lose this game, but I think there would be an element of satisfaction from their supporters if they were to win this and potentially relegate Tyrone or send them closer to relegation in the process. Um, I think Matthew has been exceptional for Mayo this year and probably doesn't get the credit that he deserves. He scored five points in his last three games. He didn't play in any of the first two, or he didn't start anyways. So, I mean, he's just been brilliant in midfield. He really, really has. And I think he's the best midfielder in the country at the minute. I really, really do. Um, you know, because he's he's tall, he's winning those high balls. Um, he's he's adding points to his game as well. I think he's still, I think Fenton's still up there, in my opinion. Um, but I think Matruan on form, I think has just been... Really, really good for, for, for Mayo. Aiden O'Shea at centre-back is a is an odd one. Um, you know, he's played in almost every position so far uh, for, for Mayo. You know, other than goalkeeper, I think he's... I think he's has he played cornerback? Maybe he has at some point. I remember that game where he played full-back and marked Kieran Donaghy in the All-Ireland final. So, it's a weird one with Aiden O'Shea, you know... You know, you want to play him at centre back, but is he gonna is is he gonna work there? I don't really know. Like, I think he's he's got the physicality. Definitely, I, I still think maybe his best position is midfield. Um, it's a strange one. It, it is a strange one because you don't want to include him in the team just for the sake of it, and then maybe you're taking out, um, you know, a, a Paddy Durkin or an Ushin Mullen or something like that. And I think that's the that's the thing. But we've obviously seen with the starting fifteen from Mayo that's been announced. Bit of changes in that team. Um, already, Kieran Lynch says hopefully Tyrone are trying to peak for the championship. Yeah, I mean, see, we're getting close to that championship though, and you know, if they lose this game and then lose to Kerry as well on the final day, there might be a little bit of a worry there. There might be a little bit of a worry. Um, you know, the good news is from a Tyrone perspective, I have seen a lot of people writing them off going to Killarney uh, or wherever, whether it's Killarney or Tralee or wherever the game is. It's obviously in Kerry. But Kerry might be already in the league final by then, you know, and, and they might rotate. You know, they might change their team quite a bit. Um, and, and Toronto might actually have a chance for that game. But they need they need something here just for confidence, you know, to get the, the support behind them, the fans behind them, all the rest. I, I, yeah, I, I just think Mayo would have enough. I really do. I think Mayo will have enough for this game. I think they've been better in general so far. We've been waiting for Toronto to click into gear and it just hasn't happened as of yet. So um, I think Mayo will win this by three points, and I do think Tyrone are uh, they're in massive trouble. I really do. I think I think they will go down uh, at this point. I didn't think that a couple of weeks ago. You know, things can change very very quickly. I thought Tyrone would beat Dublin last week, didn't happen. So um, look, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll we'll take that with a pinch of salt. Um, we really really will. Um, there's a few comments coming in there. If Tyrone win. 
uh, can they still go down? They could, but I mean, it depends on other results because, um, you know, if, if Dublin win, that puts them on four points, depending on the Kildare Monaghan result as well. So it really does depend on, on other results. You know, the crazy thing as well, like when you look at the, the league table, Tyrone could, you know, technically speaking, avoid relegation without winning a single game, you know, without collecting a single point in the last two games. If Dublin and Kildare both lost, their last two games but so you know it depends on other results and other results will play a, a big big part um so we'll we'll definitely see what happens there thoughts on awfully chance of survival says football man yeah we'll definitely get on to uh division two in just a moment but i think awfully do have a great chance i think i i think they do i think they're um they're improving very very much that you know they're starting to score a lot more they're getting a lot of scores on the on on the score sheet their fixtures in the last two games will be tough, but they have a chance. We'll definitely get on to them and that Roscommon game in just a moment. But on to Dublin and Donegal. Dublin, um, obviously getting that win over Tyrone. Huge win from a Dublin perspective to finally record a win in, in 2022 because Dublin were potentially on the, on the cusp of losing six games in a row for the first time in senior football. I mean, it's an interesting one with Dublin. You have some people who are on different spectrums with Dublin. Some people think they're, you know, still going to win the All Ireland. They're still uh, competitive, you know, contenders when they have the best start fifteen on the pitch. They're they're up there, and you know, they're going to challenge Mayo and Kerry and and, and win back the All Ireland. Um, and then on the on the flip side of that, to some people who who think Dublin are completely finished, they're gone, they're done. Even though they beat Tyrone, you know, it's 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 one result. Um, far too negative in the first four games and, and they won't win anything uh, of significance this year other than a Leinster Championship at the very uh, maximum. Um, you know, I, I would say I'm somewhere in between that, you know, and I don't think there's any problem in admitting that, you know, and I think with Dublin in the first half, they were unbelievable against Tyrone. They were brilliant, as good as I've seen them probably in the last two years, you could probably say. Um, they were exceptional, you know, and and when you add Costello back in there, it does change the the, the, the dynamic a little bit. Um, he's brilliant on the ball, you know, and 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 he can find scores from areas that we just weren't getting before, and he just adds something a little bit different to what we have. You know, I, I, my worry though is still that kind of style of play and those same patterns and the slow build up, and we're not exactly free scoring either. You know, we're we're, we're averaging around eleven to twelve points per game, which won't win you in all Ireland, you know. A Mayo or a Kerry will, 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 would, you know, be way too comfortable against a Dublin of that nature. Look, Dublin can improve. There's no doubt about it. When they have their best start in 15 on the pitch, like Owen Merchant, James McCarthy, they definitely have the quality to win the all Ireland. There's no doubt in that. And I think some people <laughs> were maybe just getting a little confused. You know, I always felt like quality wise, Dublin have the potential to win the All-Ireland because they they won six in a row, you know, and they beat all the best teams doing so. You know, that Mayo team in 2017, you know, even 2019, you could arguably say probably better than any of the teams they have right now or any other teams that are available right now or, or the Kerry team, I should say, sorry, not the Mayo team. Um, the Mayo team 2017, Kerry 2019. So, you know, you're, you're looking at it and thinking Dublin have the quality, there's no doubt about that, but it's just about putting it all together. Um and the style of play as well, and just belief, confidence, that kind of thing. That 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 is the worry. That is the worry. Um, but yeah, Alan says Dublin by four. Yeah, I think I, I do think Dublin will win this game. Um, few people say Dublin by two, Dublin by five. I, th I think Dublin should have enough because Donegal are just very inconsistent. Um, and I think one player who's been brilliant from a Dublin perspective, Sean Bugler. Even when we have been poor and we we have struggled, he's been the one player who stood up and he he was brilliant against Tyrone as well. Eleven points so far, and all of which have been from play. Yeah, Donegal are a weird one. Um, they're a hard one to call. You know, they they seem to play brilliant one week and then go out the next and flatter to deceive and and beating Tyrone and then losing to Monaghan a week later probably sums Donegal up in the last couple of years. Um, you know, and it, it, I don't know what it is with them sometimes. They they clearly have great players. They clearly have quality. Um, Michael Murphy might start this game, having come off the bench the last time out, but will they want to risk him, you know, with championship just around the corner and that big Armagh game? I don't know. I think maybe it would be a, bit, a little bit risky playing him in this game because I think you need him fit for that championship. We've seen what happened when he wasn't fit 
last year. Um, you know, Connor O'Donnell won nine from play so far this year. Michael Langham with seven points from play, but neither scored the last time out versus Monaghan, which would have been a big disappointing, big disappointment from a Donegal point of view. So it's hard to know. I think both teams play a very similar style of football. Both play a running game, which I actually think will, you know, could potentially suit each other a little bit. Um, I'm not expecting a particularly great game, to be perfectly honest. I do think it will probably be low scoring. There might not be any goals in this one as well. So it'll be interesting. You know, I think Donegal have got a, a chance of winning this, and I wouldn't exactly be shocked if they did beat Dublin. Um, you know, and maybe with the fact that Donegal are on five points and could still very well get dragged into this relegation zone, they might turn it on for this game, secure, you know, try their absolute best to win this one, give 110%. Maybe they'll, you know, sneak a victory by two points and then they can rest players against Armagh in the league in preparation for a championship game, which is also against Armagh. So, you know, a lot of permutations maybe uh, going into it, but I do think Dublin will have enough um, match attacks. Kid says here, Sean is underrated. He scores some good points. Bugler is good. Yeah, he is. He, you know, he definitely is flying under the radar quite a bit this year. And, you know, maybe because Dublin have been very underwhelming in the first four games, you know, there's no getting away from that. Um, they, they were very poor in the first four games. Um, you know, but Sean Bugler was impressive in a lot of those games. And I thought he did step up to the mark where maybe some other players were just a little bit disappointed. So uh, hopefully he can keep his form. He's definitely earned a, a starting position, in my opinion, in this team. Um, and I think, you know, going into that championship, that is a positive to take. So, yeah, look, I think Dublin will win up by two points. I think it'll be a close game, um, probably low score and probably not the best game. And I think Dublin really need to, you know, they won obviously away in Tyrone, but I think for the fans and all the rest, let's let's give the dubs a nice day out in, in Crow Park because, what, three defeats, four defeats in a row in, in Crow Park? I don't know when's the last time that that's happened. That's, that's you know, that would be an interesting statistic right there. Maybe even the very first time that's ever happened. So, um, yeah, big, big pressure. But I think Dublin will just about have enough to, to squeeze a two-point victory. You then have our man, Kerry. Um... Kerry, with a victory here, can secure a National Football League final once again. Um, this will be, what, the fourth year in a row they'll they, have secured a, a National Football League final. Obviously, there was no final last year. because I, I don't even know why there was no final last year. It was kind of silly, but they would have been in that league final, obviously, having beaten Tyrone. And the year previous, they won the league um, without there being a league final, but they finished first. Obviously, COVID kind of interrupted that. And the year before... They've been beaten by Mayo in the league final. So, you know, Kerry, very, very consistent in the Allianz National Football League. They've been, you know, this is their trophy, really. You know, this is their tournament. This is where they really deliver and, and show up. Obviously, you know, they'd rather uh, be more successful in the All-Ireland. Um, but look, I think Kerry have done very, very well this year. You know, they have the best defence in Division 1. They've clearly improved defensively. Um, there's no doubt about that. And clearly, the influence of Paddy Talley, who's come in there, has definitely rubbed off quite a bit. And, you know, they're still, they're maybe not as free scoring as they were last year in terms of blitzing teams and in terms of, you know, absolutely steamrolling teams. But I do think there is a few factors that come into that. I think conditions as well. You know, they were playing, the league last year was in May and June. So, you know, they were, they were in much better conditions as opposed to, obviously, the last couple of weeks, which hasn't been that good. Um so I think from a Kerry per per perspective, I think they can take a lot of confidence from how well they've defended. But in terms of attack as well, you know, you, you don't just have David Clifford obviously shooting the lights out. You've got Tony Brosnan coming in, scoring 1-2. You've got Paul Ganey, who's kind of, you know, ha didn't play the last day, but looked in good form as well. Um, you know, Killian Splans, you know, been impressive. Darren Moyne and just so many options in attack. Paddy Clifford as well. Sean O'Shea, who didn't even play the last day against Mayo and you barely even missed them. You know, I think that shows a lot really about the depth in Kerry's attack. And, you know, they they do have the best team in the country. I, I personally still think Mayo are going to be the ones to win it. I, I just think maybe when it comes down to the big mo, I, I, I don't know. It's a, it's very tough, probably a conversation for a, for a different day. Um, but look, Harry, you're looking brilliant. But Armagh, on the flip side of things, you know, look, if if, if Armagh could secure a, a win here, I mean, what a, a huge result that would be 
for their supporters, for the home crowd. Um, and, you know, I don't think getting into the league final is the be-all and end-all. I mean, you know, it's always a bonus anyway. You're always looking towards that All-Ireland. But I think for Armagh, the big focus really has to be in that um, in that, in that that big, uh, in that Ulster Championship game against Donegal. I think that's really where, how that, that's really what's what going to define them and Kieran McGinney because, I think getting to an Ulster final, winning an Ulster title, which they clearly have the quality to do, I think is going to be the the most important thing, no doubt about it. I mean, we know the quality of Rian O'Neill, but I think Jason Duffy is a player that's really gone under the radar, 3-4 in total this year, all of which from play, which I think is absolutely brilliant. Um, You know, you have Tiernan Kelly in there, Connor Turbot, Ross McQuillan coming off the bench, the odd game, so... You know, Armagh are really well fixed. And look, you know, their job in Division 1 is probably done in many ways. You know, I think their main focus was um, to steer clear of relegation. They've done that. Um, they've got seven points on the board. At a minimum, they're going to finish third, I'd say. Um, they all, I think they played Kildare in their, in, their, in their final game as well. Well, they played Kildare last week, so they, they can't play them. They play... Who do they play? They play. They play Donegal. Oh yeah, Donegal next week. Um, you know, which I think they'd probably have enough to to win that. So, you know, I think it'll be a tough one. But I think Kerry are just the informed team, and and that you know, even when they're rotating players, even when they're not at their best, their quality level just doesn't. It isn't as significant as other counties. You know, you see with Dublin when you take Costello out. You know, when you take Dean Rock out, when you take even Bugler now as well. When you take these players out, there's a significant drop in quality for Dublin. Um, and I think you could say the same probably about about Armagh. I think Mayo have got a great squad as well. Maybe not so much with them, but I think everyone else, when you start taking out teams' best players, there is a, a drop in quality. Um, but with Kerry, that's not the case. You know, even David Clifford didn't even start. I remember one of the league games as well against Donegal. I think it was, and they still won comfortably. So, you know, I think Kerry will have enough here to win it by two points. I think Armagh will make it difficult. But I think Kerry will uh, will will definitely have enough to secure the victory and secure a place in the National Football League final, and that's why I still think Tyrone maybe could have a chance next weekend if it is next weekend when that game's being played, because you know Kerry might rotate even more. Um, but then again, as we just said, when they've rotated, they they tend to keep their quality. So um, so yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But we'll move on to Division Two, um, big. A lot of, lot of huge games. I mean, there's huge games all over the country, really, but um, some really big games here. I mean, you've Galway going up against Derry, first against second in, in that division. You've got Clare and Mead, who are fourth and fifth, respectively, and they're both playing each other. You've got Down and Cork in a real sort of toilet ball game um, to see who potentially could stay up and avoid relegation to Division 3. Um, so there really is all sorts of big, big games, no doubt about it. Obviously, Offaly and Roscommon as well, which, you know, um, are, are neighbours as well. So maybe, maybe a bit of a, maybe a slight rivalry there. I'm not sure. But yeah, well, we will start off by discussing Clare and Mead. Um, fourth against fifth, as I said, both on four points. Really a relegation eliminator, you could say this. I think whoever wins this is, yeah, you're safe, you're done, you're grand. I think, I think six points is more than enough. I think you know you might even a draw um, in your last two games might potentially be enough, but um, you know Clare have kind of been dragged a little bit back into it, as we've seen there with four points. Do think they'll be fine, um, you know, and, and Mead obviously with a big result against Cork. Um, Clare do play down next weekend. Uh, Mead play Derry, so I think for Clare, even if they were to lose this game, I think I think they will be fine. I think they'll definitely have enough to turn over down away from home um speaking about Mead first of all um or speaking about Claire first of all um yeah you know I think Claire's problem so far it has been attacking wise you know only Tyrone and Down have scored fewer than them in the entirety of the the National Football League and you know we know the quality that they have at Owen Cleary David Tuberty who have the ability to you know produce um outrageous scores really scores that you know you see pop up all over Twitter and people are talking about them and all the rest and, you know, very um, brilliant, brilliant footballers. But, you know, they, you know, they maybe they haven't got a, they've still got enough from them, but, you know, Keelan Sexton has been decent at times as well. Um, You know, but it, it probably, it probably is the quality of opposition that they're coming up against as well. And they've come up against some good defenses already in terms of, um, 
the likes of your 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 uh, Derrys and your Ross Commons, who've been quite good defensively this year. So, from a Mead perspective, though, look, I mean, are they turning the corner after that big win over Cork? You know, I still think it's early days yet, to be honest. To um, you know, start getting carried away or whatever. But look, I think you know the find of Harry Hogan and goal. I think is is massively important. I think Mead have really struggled with their kickouts down the years. I think that's been a big, big problem for them when I've seen them here at Crow Park against Dublin. Um, you know, Dublin would push up on their kickouts and Mead would just struggle massively and consistently be turned over. Harry Hogan, um, you know, five points in, in that game. So that tells you that, you know, he's certainly got a quite a range on his kickouts, and that could be a, a big moment for Mead in solving that goalkeeper crisis, which has been a problem in the last couple of years. Um, and look, you know, they were free scoring against Cork, you know, nine different scores. Jordan Morris with one, two. So uh, I think Mead will take a lot of positives from that big win over Cork. And I do think they'll have enough to avoid relegation. I know they play Derry next weekend and that will be a, a very tough game. Um, Derry could already have promotion sealed by then, give or take. Um, so maybe they might, you know, rest a, a few players here and there. Although, you know, it's going to be very close between Derry, Galway and Roscommon. But um, I think it's going to be a very tough game. And I think, you know, you can never kind of discount Clare. They're always a, a tough, you know, team to play. They're always competitive. Even against Galway last weekend, they were very, very tough. I think Derry is the only team really who've beaten them at a canter um, this year. So, you know, I think, I think it'll be close. I, I'm going to go with a draw, which... I think both teams will be relatively happy with. I think that eliminates any niggling relegation worries, and I think then you know your all your focus really can go on into um, the championship and uh, and kind of focusing towards that. And I think it is important for both of these two teams to avoid relegation, avoid that Talchian Cup as well. And I think they will do exactly that. Corking down, as I, as I was saying there, you know, there's an old expression sometimes in. Um, in, in American sports where they talk about, you know, the toilet bowl, the two teams who, you know, were at one stage, um, you know, exceeding expectations were significantly brilliant, were up there competing at the highest level. And now we're, you know, down near the bottom, you know, uh, how the mighty have fallen. The last time James McCartan was managing at senior level against Cork, it was in the All-Ireland final. And now, it's in a, a battle to avoid um, what would be imminent relegation to Division 3. You know, there's no doubt about it. Whoever loses this one is gone, you know, because they're both on one point. You know, Mead or Clare, someone's going to take points there. So that puts them out of the equation. Um, you know, and I think Offaly are motoring quite well at the minute as well. So, um, you know, you'll be, you'll be a little bit worried um, for whoever loses this game. A uh, loser could be dragged into a relegation scrap yeah, in in regards to the last game, absolutely. You know, they, they could be, they could be. And Mead would be the only one I'd worry about out of the two if they did lose, just because they played Derry the following week. And, um, you know, Cork, their final game is against Offaly as well. So someone there is going to get points. So, you know, Mead aren't exactly out of it. Um, but if they were to lose against Clare, there might be a, a, couple, of, a couple of problems there. But, yeah, getting back to this game, as I was saying, it's the worst attack. Yeah, worst attack versus the worst defence, um, or the other way around, I should say. Cork with the worst defence, down with the worst attack. So, who knows how this game is really going to go. I don't really think it's probably going to be hugely exciting looking at those um, statistics right there. But Cork, I mean, they're just, they're a joke really, aren't they? Um, 779 in five games with an average of 20 points conceded per game. I mean, it's ridiculous, really. It's like watching, you know... If the hurlers were conceding, conceding that much, maybe you'd be a bit worried. Um, but then again, you know, there's always you know there's always more scores in, in hurling. But you know, it's like a hurling statistic. It really, really is. I mean, seven goals and seventy nine points. It's just mental. Um, it really, really is. And they have the worst defense in the entirety of the of the league, as I was saying. Carlo are the only team that's slightly below them. But then when you look below Carlo, like there's a big drop for for the team that who has the third worst defense, which is uh, Fermanagh, I believe, at the minute. So. You know, you're looking at it and thinking, I just don't, I just, I, I don't know what's happened. You know, there's so many counties who produce brilliant under 20 teams. And maybe not all of them reach that pinnacle. But for example, you're seeing with Kildare, players like Hyland and and um, Paddy Woodgate have come into the team, Aaron Masterson as well. These kind of lads who, who are now making it into that team. Um, 
you know, and you, you see with Dublin and some of the other 20 wins they've had and some of the players they've brought through, Galway, who, who've done it now as well. Cork just don't seem to be doing that at all. Um, I, I just don't know what the story is there. You know, you have Blake Murphy kind of in there and, and Cahill O'Mahony's back from from injury, I think now, which I think is a positive. But um, yeah, worrying, worrying times for Cork. But the good news is, you know, the, the only team worse than them really in this division has been down. And I think this will be the perfect opportunity for Cork to register the first win of the season. Look for down. They, they they showed a bit more promise than I thought they would against Offaly. I actually thought Offaly would beat them a lot more comfortably. Um, they've obviously got Noel Kane in goal, who who made his debut. He was part of the Kill Q team, who won the All Ireland. So great to see him in the team. Barry O'Hagan showing a little bit of form with four points against Offaly, um, but they're just not scoring at all, and and, and they're just there's just really, you know, there's they're just they're just not scoring enough. They're not creating enough. Um, a lot of chopping and changing within the team, within the panel. Um, and, you know, will some of the Johnstons come back in from Kill Q? It's looking unlikely at this point. So, I don't know. Uh, Sir Klopp says down to get revenge in Cork for 20, 2010 and put the final nail in the coffin. Well, I suppose it would be it would be uh, some story, no doubt about it. And, you know, the funny thing is, whoever wins this game could, could potentially still go down. Like, even if down win this game, they play, um, they play Clare next week, and that's a tough one as well. So, you know, it's one of them where whoever even wins this game could potentially still go down as well. Um, they really, really could. Cork going away to Offaly, which will be a, a tough one. So, um, Sir Klopp says down by one. I'm going to go with Cork. I think maybe they, they just have a little bit more going forward. Um, but I, I think it will be close. I really do. It could be a draw. So, I, th I think I'll go with Cork by a point. But, you know... Uh, any result here wouldn't really um, surprise me at all. It really, really wouldn't. Um, you've then got Offaly and Roscommon. Um, there was a comment coming in there from GA Edits who says Offaly aren't out of the woods yet. I mean, they definitely aren't. You know, they've got, um, what is it, three points on the board so far, um, so far this year. Definitely not out of it, no doubt about it. And you would, you would expect Roscommon to win this game. But the good news is for Offaly is that they do play Cork at home next weekend, which, you know, I think that could that will be the real sort of um, asset test for Offaly in terms of avoiding relegation. You know, I think this game against Roscommon in many ways is, you know, it's not a free hit because every game matters, all the points matter, but Roscommon will be the significant favourites going into this game. There's, um, there's no doubt about it. I mean, Roscommon... You know, it's it's a must-win game. They have to win this game if they have if they want to keep promotion hopes alive. They're the second best defense in Division Two and the second best defense in the entirety of the league behind Derry. Noel Daly back in there is a huge addition. Um, adds a little bit of solidity to the squad as well in and around the middle. Cahill Hennehan keeps improving as well. Like keeps scoring off the bench. He's knocking on the door in terms of being a regular starter. So there's there's definitely a a positive from um, from a Ross Common point of view. Offaly of the third worst defence, meanwhile, in the entirety of the league. So it wasn't uh, for Manor there, my mistake. Um, behind Carlo and Cork. Um, so, you know, th th so that kind of tells you really, you know, um, Ross Common, a, a brilliant defence. Offaly, maybe not so much so. And you could see Ross Common's forwards kind of unlocking Offaly, you know, in this game. The likes of Enda Smith, Connor Cox, these lads, Cahill Hennehan coming off the bench as well. Um, so I think they'll they will have enough to win the game. Um, the positive from an Offaly point of view is they had eleven different scores against Down, which is quite the, st the statistic really. When you when you think they only scored well, only they scored fifteen points in that game, but eleven of which from you know eleven different players. Um, you know Bernard Allen, Rory McNamee, Noel McNamee as well. Dylan Hoyland has has done well. Um, you've got um, super sub Anton Sullivan who is doing well, won four in his last two games from off the bench. So, um, you know, they, they have a bit of in attack there, but I think Ross Common will, 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 have, enough, will have enough here, in my opinion. I think Ross Common, um, yeah, they, they have enough. Sir Klopp says Rossi's by six. Yeah, I'd, I'd go along with your prediction there, mate. I think Ross Common should have enough to win this one comfortably enough. Derry and Galway is up next. And um, as we were seeing there in the league table, both obviously first and second and, and definitely the biggest game probably in division two in terms of who could be coming up from uh, promotion. And um, 
you know, we were talking about Cork and Down, where it was the worst defense against the worst attack. This is the fl- the completely flip of that, where it's um, the best defense versus the best attack. So, you know, uh, the kind of the the placing of some of these games this weekend is a little bit interesting. But, you know, I think the thing that impressed me the most from Derry against Roscommon was just the fight. You know, they, they were four or five points down, probably a position that Derry haven't found themselves in too often in the last couple of years when you think, of how convincingly they came through Division 3. And obviously, Donegal, you know, they were behind a little bit in that game, came back, you know, they obviously showed a lot of fight that day as well. But coming back in the way that they did from, I think, four or five points down to actually leading and probably actually should have won the game. Um, but, you know, a lot of fight in in that team. And as I said, the best, def- you know, Derry are the best defence in, um, in this league, in the entirety of the National League, and, and by quite a margin, actually, as well which I think gives them a lot of confidence. I think Brendan Rodgers, um, not the ex-Liverpool manager, um, but yeah, Brendan Rodgers of Derry uh, in a fullback. He's been brilliant this year. He really, really has. Um, he, he's been exceptional at fullback. You know, he even scored the last day against Russ Common as well. So, you know, um, I think when I make my football team of the year uh, for the National League, I think he's getting in there. I, I really do. He's been brilliant. Uh, Shane McGuigan, he's been excellent as well. Scoring eight, he scored eight points against Ross Common, and he's been the sort of main man going forward. But you know, obviously, it's the best defense, but their defense is going to be put to the pin of their collar in this game, no doubt about it, because Galway have the best attack. And um, edits coming back in there, Derry and Galway is a flip of a coin. And absolutely, mate, absolutely. That that's that you know, it's such a hard one to call. Um, because Galway have been sensational going forward, you know, best attack in the league um by quite a distance, you know, and they're the only team with a with a one hundred percent winning record. But the only thing for Galway is we haven't really seen them tested yet. Um they play Ross Common next week, Derry this week. You know, their fixture list has been coined up until this point. Um Claire last weekend as well. So, you know, I think from a Galway perspective. This is really going to be uh, the acid test for them now going into these last two games, going away to Derry as well, going away to Roscommon. Really, really tough games. And, you know, I've seen some people saying Galway are dark horses for the All-Ireland. I don't quite buy it. They're still quite poor defensively. They've had a, a couple of leaks defensively um, this year, um, you know, conceding, what, 217 against Cork, I think it was. So um, their defence isn't quite there yet. And I think for Porrick Joyce, it's always been about finding that balance between attack and defence. Um, but look, you know, maybe with the fact that they were playing with all due respect, your Offleys, Mead, Cork, you know, who really aren't great going forward. Maybe they were a little bit more free-flowing and they said, look, we'll make it a shootout and we'll get the ball to Shane Walsh, Damian Comer, uh, Tom O'Callaghan and just make it happen. So maybe they might be a little bit more defensive defensively in this game but i think Derry will will have enough i really do i think they'll win it by two points i think they've been um i think they've been just that bit better and i, I do think you know whilst galway galway defensively have struggled quite a bit and i think Derry's attack is actually like it's still up there as one of the best attacks in in um in this division so no doubt about it no easy games left for galway Derry, rossies and mayo next three um, yeah, you know, and, and that's that's the big one for Galway. I mean, they, you know, it's not inconceivable that they lose their next three games. It, it really, really isn't. Um, you know, and then they go into the qualifiers and you just never know. So I think for Galway, you know, the, the next three games are really, you know, this is really where we'll know how good they just are. Um, and look, if they if their attack continues being as good as it is, maybe they might out, outshoot some teams. But when you come up against the best teams, I think you know they will be able to find a way to beat Galway, but we will uh, we will see uh, we will see what happens there. We'll move on to uh, Division Three. You've got Antrim and Loud there in first and second. Antrim with seven points, Loud with uh, with seven points as well. I mean, this division, you know, as we were saying in previous weeks, is just a bit mental a bit chaotic because you've got leash who um could very well get relegated but yet they're actually only two points off first so it, it really really is all to play for and all of these games are basically like knockout games they're basically almost like championship games in many ways because you know you've got that chance to finish in the top two uh go into the all Ireland series as well if you you know none of these sides are, are probably going to make a provincial final so 
it gives it gives these counties a chance to be in that um in in that all Ireland series which is obviously what majority of counties want to be in so um there's some big big games there are some big big games this weekend and um i suppose we'll start with leash and limerick because it's uh two teams very even so far this year in terms of um you know statistics and all the rest i mean they've both scored and conceded very much the same um and look leash that was a big win for leash against wicklow last time out i mean you know to, to put up a big score scoring 117 which was their highest tally they've finished with in a game this year um will definitely give them a lot of confidence after a couple of bad results back to back obviously losing to the likes of um from mana i think it was and Westmead. so that would have given them a bit of a uh, bit of confidence um and gary walsh has obviously been you know the top man this year but good to see evan o'carroll uh back scoring again one two against wicklow so um and as i mentioned before mark barry has been a good addition coming up from uh from the under 20s was a bit disappointed with limerick against westmead um you know finishing the game with just one six which was a lot less than um they scored in any of their previous games you know Limerick had one of the best attacks in the league up until last weekend, but they didn't, you know, they barely scored last weekend. So it was a little bit, a bit, bit of an unusual performance. And maybe credit has to go to Westmead, who obviously, you know, um, must have shored up quite a bit defensively. Um, yeah, maybe just like a little bit over reliance on goals. Limerick will be shook after the Westmead game. Limerick by three there as well. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, look, nine goals so far this year. So they have been quite over-reliant on goals. And Josh Ryan, Hugh Burke, they're just, I think with Limerick, they're just lacking that, you know, killer forward or that sort of marquee forward. I think, you know, if you had a Sean Quigley or a Sam Roy or uh, a Connor Sweeney in this Limerick team, I think they'd be up in first position and they would be promoted. Um, so, yeah, very, very hard one to call. Sir Klopp says Limerick by three. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm going to go with a draw with this one um, just to keep the uh, the Division 3 madness wide open. But, it's, I mean, it's going to be very, very close. Very, very close indeed. Um, you've then got Longford and uh, Longford and Wicklow. A must win for Longford, really, if they have any hope of uh, avoiding relegation. I mean, you know, they, they got that big win over Westmead and then they followed that up with a 10-point defeat away to Antrim. You know, I mean... They would have been heavily disappointed with that. You know, Longford were a Division 3 team last year. Antrim were a Division 4 team last year. Um, it was only a couple of years ago where Longford were nearly knocking on the door of getting promotion to Division 2. And Antrim were, were in Division 4 that year as well. So, you know, how far ahead that Antrim looked over Longford would, would have been a bit of a disappointment, I'd imagine, to Longford supporters. I mean, losing away to Antrim in Corrigan Park, it can happen. You know, it's happened before. But by 10 points... You know, a little, a little bit disappointing there, and I think score difference is going to be huge in this division as well. Um, and I think Longford would have been very disappointed with that. Jason Matthews, Jack Duggan have done all right. Um, there definitely is an over reliance on Darren Gallagher in the middle, who who takes a lot of their frees. So, yeah, look from a from a Longford perspective, they'll be disappointed with, with, with how that game went but they should have enough to beat Wicklow here I'd imagine like if they want to survive if they want to avoid relegation and actually interesting enough they play Leash next weekend so if Leash were to lose to Limerick and then Longford go and beat um, Wicklow it sets up a, a grand finale really for who else could be going down in uh, in Division 3 on the final day so I think for Longford it's still it's still kind of in their hands to some degree Um you know, they just need to win their last two games. And I think they will win this game, I think. Um, you know, I think for Wicklow, you know, it was probably a bold prediction to, to think that they would beat Longford and the, the, or, or they would beat Leash, and they obviously didn't. Um, they were heavily beaten. And it was actually the first time this year that they were heavily beaten as well. And, you know, they're, they're the one team in all four divisions that's 100% gone. Um, in my, you know, I know I, I, mathematically it's not proven just yet, but they're four points behind Leash two points behind Longford um, and even Leash and Longford have to play each other as well. So that, you know, they're, they're pretty much gone. I think their preparation will very much go towards, um, you know, opening around the Leinster Championship and obviously Talchi and Cup as well, which, look, I think they've got some good players. I think they've got some good players coming through at under 20 level. Um, and obviously they've had changes in management as well. So it's been very difficult for them. They've had a lot of disruption as well 
throughout a National League campaign, which doesn't go uh, doesn't go too well. Sir Klopp says Longford by four, and um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you there as well. I think I think Longford should have enough to to win this one quite comfortably. You then have Loud and Antrim, who are uh, battling it out one versus two in this division, or two versus one, you could say. Um, with the winner, and the crazy thing is, you know, the winner of this game would go to nine points, and you'd surely think that they're gonna get promoted. But this division is just so mental. Like if Westmead go and beat Fermanagh, you know, they got they then go up to eight points. Um, Leash beat Limerick, or whoever wins that game, they then go up to seven points. So, you know, it's it's really not over even. Um, if you win this game or even if you lose it. So, uh, you know, it's crazy, crazy stuff, really, um, in, in this division. You know, Antrim are top of this division right now, but they've a tough last two games away to Loud, home to Westmead. You know, and if they don't beat Loud and then they host Westmead, you know, Westmead could win that game. It's not inconceivable. So, um, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be a very, very uh, interesting game, no doubt about it. Um, but look, you have to give credit to Antrim. They've been superb. You know, don't think many people really expected them to be in this position at this stage. And if someone had have you know told Antrim fans you'll be first going into your final two games, and you'll have a significantly better score difference as well, which I think is worth pointing out. They're on plus twenty one, and I think a lot of the other teams are on plus seven, plus five. Um, you know, so I think that is a significant advantage because if it does go down to score difference and they're on the same points as another team, I think they'll probably finish above them. So I think that's huge. It really, really does. And, um, you know, there's a best defence in this division. So, you know, that sort of end McGinley influence is definitely rubbing off on them. Um, but they're getting scores up top as well. And Oren Eastwood, Rory McCann, Mark Jordan, um, you know, playing in that wing-back role. So I think for Antrim, they'll take a lot of confidence. But, you know, we know we obviously know the hype with Loud and, and Samuel Roy and how good he is you know, one of the best players in this division, no doubt about it. But, you know, players like Liam Jackson, Kieran Byrne have been doing pretty well as well, to be fair. I think they've been doing good, um, whether it's coming off the bench or starting. So with Loud being at home, I think they might just have enough to edge it. Um, it's a hard one to call, though, and Antrim have been one of those sides that I've probably wrote off quite a lot uh, in this division, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I thought they'd get relegated, and here they are. Um, so... You know, I think they deserve a lot of credit either way. And there's definitely still in the mix. But uh, I think Loud at home, given the momentum that they're on at the minute, you know, that big win over Fermanagh the last day out as well. Uh, beating Westmead as well. Like, they've beaten some big teams already this year. So, I think Loud will, will just about um, just about edge it. Um, if Antrim get... GEA edit says, if Antrim get promoted when they lose in Leinster, they could be playing the likes of Derry or Galway. And then we'll see where they are. Yeah, and look, you know, it would definitely be exceeding um, expectations in many ways. You met oh, Ulster, yeah, yeah, Ulster. Um, yeah, if they if they if they were exceeding, uh, you know, if they're in Division Two, they're definitely exceeding expectations in many ways. And it would be huge for Antrim to go up to Division Two. Don't know the last time they've been there. Probably a long time, I'd imagine. So, and to do it so quickly as well under Enda McGinley, very very impressive. And you know. If you're a Tyrone supporter, I think you're watching what um, Enda McGinley is doing there, and you're you're getting excited because at least you know if look, you know Fergal Logan, Brian Dewar aren't going to go anywhere anytime soon, um, and they shouldn't because obviously what they won last year. But there is someone else there that you can look towards. So um, positive, positive stuff, no doubt about it. Uh, moving on then to uh, Westmead and Fermanagh. Another huge game, and, and for Westmead, big win obviously away to Limerick, which definitely put them firmly back in the uh, in the promotion race. Fermanagh definitely still in there, but they would have been disappointed, obviously having lost to Loud. Um, but from a Westmead perspective, as I said, you know, big win against Limerick, and defensively as well, conceding a lot less than they did in the last four games, which I think was big, um, and I think that was you know, significant and, you know, obviously not having seen the game because we didn't really get any highlights of it. Um, I remember last year, Westmead were quite defensive at times and I imagine maybe they shifted a little bit back to that for this game and that's probably, you know, hence why they only conceded 1-6. So, um, yeah, look, Luke Lachlan, who's come back in this year, he scored 1-3 in that game, but 1-2 from play, so big performance from him. Um, we know the quality of John Heslin. Ron O'Toole's been a good player as well. 
Fermanagh on the other hand side, they're they're a weird team, and and their sort of record in this division probably sums up how crazy this division actually is because they've actually scored and conceded the exact same. Um, you know, seventy nine both for and against, which a little bit unusual uh, at this stage of the season to have that kind of record. So, um, yeah, you know they've let in eight goals in five games. They've conceded a goal in every game, which would be worrying. Um, Sean Quigley has been exceptional but I think for Fermanagh realistically given how the league started with the draw against Wicklow and the defeat to Antrim I think Fermanagh fans at that moment in time would have been happy probably to avoid relegation so um, I think Westmead will have enough here in my opinion to to win this one um, comfortably enough I think I think two or three points should be uh, should be the margin uh, moving on then to division four you can see there you've got Cavan and Tipperary leading the lights. The lights there at the top. You've got Sligo in third with six points. Leitrim with six points there as well. London with six points. So very much all still to play for at this point. I do think it's it's there though for Cavan and Tipperary. You know, you're looking at Cavan and Tipperary's final last two games as well. You know, Cavan play London and then Waterford, whereas Tipperary play Carlo and then London. Um, so you would suspect that I think the top two there will stay as it is. Um, and I think both having had um, a very bad last year, obviously having been relegated from Division 3 in quite um, exceptional circumstances, obviously having won their provincial titles just a couple of months previous, I think they'll have enough to uh, to be promoted. Um London versus Cavan, first of all. Cavan, having lost that game last time around against Tipperary, as a matter of fact, um, a little bit more low scoring than usual from a from a Cavan perspective. They haven't been free-flowing in terms of goals, but they have been hitting quite a lot in, in terms of points, you know, from 15 and above nearly in a lot of their games. I think for London, really, their, their fairy tale story is probably over. And I think, look, the fact that they're actually still in contention with two games remaining, you know, if you had told that to a London supporter before a ball was kicked this year, they would have took that. You know, they're still in with a chance and, you know, maybe they could do something here at home. They've been very competitive. You just don't know. Could Cavan slip up away to London and and, and somehow, you know, um, not get promoted, which would be, I mean, that would just be mental if they didn't if they didn't get promoted from here. But yeah, you, you would suspect Cavan to have enough here with Gerald McKernan and, Paddy Lynch, who's looked good this year. Um, so I think Cavan should have enough. Um, and I think from a Cavan perspective as well, you know, the fact they play Waterford next next weekend as well, with all due respect to Waterford. And I think they'll want to win this game, secure promotion, maybe rest a few lads against Waterford, rotate the squad quite a bit, um, you know, and and then focus on Antrim in the opening round of, uh, of the championship. So, um, yeah, I think Cavan... Comfortably enough, have uh, Sir Klopp says have a feeling London will put it up to Cavan. Their home form has been excellent. Yeah, they've two out of two out of three wins this year. Um, two wins from three games at home this year. So that yeah, their their home form has been really really impressive. Um, and I think as fact the fact as well that um, I think London GA are allow, allowing any supporters for that game to come in for free. You know, any London supporters. So I think that's um, you know a fantastic initiative really to get more fans watching the games and, and everything else. And it probably does make it a bit of an impact. So, yeah, I think, look, all of Cavan's games have been relatively close this year. So I think it will, you know, there'll only probably be four or five points in it. But I think um, I think Cavan will have enough by uh, by four points. You have Waterford and Sligo then. Sligo, um, you know, I mean, they've been brilliant so far in terms of scoring. They've one of the best attacks in the entirety of uh, of the league, you know, I think Galway probably only have a, a better attack than them in the in the National Football League so far this year, which tells you how free scoring they are. Yep, yeah, that that's correct. Actually, Galway with the with the better attack, Sligo with the second best attack in the league, and that tells you quite a lot about how free scoring they have. Now, there may be some anomalies. You could look at twenty eight points against Carlo, three nineteen against London, but I think the thing to be impressed about from a Sligo point of view is that. You know, when they're playing well, they're playing brilliantly well and they're free scoring and they're taking their opportunities and they're, and they're putting up high tallies. And 
I think it would give Sligo a lot of confidence because they do have a good crop of younger lads in there, like Noel Murphy, who's been brilliant, scored 2-4 uh, the last day out. Um, or maybe he scored 2-4 from play, I think, overall this year, which is which is very, very impressive. So, you know, Sligo are definitely in the mix. They're definitely in contention still to uh, to get promoted. And, um, yeah, from a, from a Waterford point of view, I mean, it's... You don't really know what to say about them at this point. You know, they, they've, they've nothing to play for at all in, in these last two games. And, you know, I, I think really it's just it's just all about Talchin Cup and um, and whatever you can do. Maybe you might pull off an upset or a shock. Who knows? Who knows? Um, as I said, Derek Corcoran's looked good there so far. This year, uh, he's been their top scorer. But you would fancy Sligo, surely, with, with how free scoring they have been and the fact that they're really, they've been really rootless, actually, in front of goal. I think they should have enough. Um, they 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 definitely definitely should. Um, and what's interesting as well for Sligo Leitrim next up uh, next weekend away as well. That could be maybe a you know an all or nothing game in terms of um, of promotion. Division four has a huge gap from Division three, in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I think I might disagree with you there because I think you look at. Loud and um, you look at Loud and, and Antrim who've come up this year. You know, both are in first and second in Division Three. I don't think the gap is that big between a lot of those teams, really. Um, you're seeing in Division Three a lot of teams beating each other, and even in Division Four, you know, um, you're seeing Tipperary who, who got absolutely hammered by Leitrim, Drew at Waterford, but then have won their next three games, including the, the best team in Cavan or the best team in uh, in Division Four at this moment in time in Cavan. So, um I think the gap isn't probably that big, but um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think Sligo will have enough here. I think they'll uh, they'll win it by yeah uh, by a, Mr. Klopp says Sligo by seventeen. I mean, look the way Sligo are beating teams at the minute, you just you just don't know. But um, Waterford have been competitive enough in in their games, even when they've lost. So um, I, I would give them a bit bit more credit. I think Sligo by six, maybe we'll, we'll go for. It. But look, you, you don't know in Division Four times you can get some crazy, crazy score lines. Uh, Leitrim and Wexford in uh, in the next game. Leitrim, as we as we were saying, kind of in the same boat. Sligo really need to win to to keep alive their uh, their promotion hopes. Wexford have a, a kind of you know not really much of a chance at this stage. Like they're three points behind Tipperary, who are in second. So I don't think promotion is on the cards for them, unfortunately. Uh, there's just they need too much to happen, and it's just not going to happen for them uh, this year, unfortunately. But for Leitrim, you know they have a weird record. They've lost all their home games, but won all their away games. So um, an unusual statistic right there. And um, you know, as we were saying, like with the fact that Tipperary are uh, playing uh, Carlo, which we'll get onto a minute, which I think Tip will win. You know, I think Leitrim and Sligo need to win um, in these two games. And then they play each other in the final game and they'll hope either Tipperary or Cavan can slip up somewhere along the way. But I don't even know if that's going to happen either, to be perfectly honest. So uh, big, big game for Leitrim. I mean, Emla Mulligan's been uh, uh, very good so far. Keith Byrne, top scorer in the, I think, in the entirety of the National Football League this year. So, I mean, he deserves a lot of credit for how well he's performed. Um so Leitrim are going good. Like they're 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 doing all right under Andy Moore, and they're still in contention. Obviously, the first year for uh, Andy Moore and this year um, is still a building year as well. Trying to try different players out. So um, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, Leitrim are an okay side. Dark horses to get promoted. Uh, Wexford playing for pride. Andy Moore and Leitrim still have everything to play for. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a fair point right there. Um, and I think Leitrim. I think Leitrim will have enough to, to win this one. I think it'll be a close game, though, and Leitrim, as we said, at home have been a little bit unusual at times. Um, and, and Wexford, as well, have produced some mad results at different stages. Kind of just generally like that in Division 4. So, yeah, I think Leitrim will have enough to, to win it by uh, by two points. Tipperary and Carlo last, but not least. Um, well, depending on, on, on where you're from, I suppose. But, Look, Tipperary, you know, they've turned things around massively. You would have been massively worried if you were a Tip fan, having watched the opening two games, drawing with Waterford and losing to Leitrim in the way that you did as well, which was very, very disappointed. But three straight wins, you know, big win over Sligo, who are relegate or promotion contenders, big win over Cavan, who are promotion contenders. So, you know, I think from a Tipperary perspective, you'd be very, very positive going into uh, your last two games. As I said, Tipperary home to Carlo and then 
home to London. So, uh, you know, Tipperary, I think they should get two wins from those games. They really, really should. But again, Tipperary are a weird side where they do tend to play better against teams that, you know, are, are um, in form. You know, like you, see, you look last year, for example, or a couple of years ago when they beat Cork in that Munster final, having scraped past Limerick in the semis. So Tipperary is a little bit of an unusual team at times. Carlo, on the flip side of that, you know, you, you've obviously had um, uh, Connor Crowley, who's, who's done well, Dara Foley, a lot of experience coming back into the team. But um, you would surely expect Tipperary to, to have enough. And I think I think I'd go with probably seven points here for Tipperary. I think it'll be fairly comfortable, to be perfectly honest. Carlo have the second worst defence, as I said, in the entirety of the league based on what they've conceded. And obviously, given the fact they're a Division 4 team, I think it's it's respectful to say that they probably do have the worst defence in the league uh, or in, in, in Ireland um, or in you know the entirety of the... National Football League pyramid. So, yeah, I think Tipperary will have enough and they will win the game quite comfortably. Um, tip are still unpredictable. Wouldn't be surprised if Carlo make them work. Tip by five. Yeah, they are. You know, you just don't know what you're going to get. Going to get sometimes in these uh, in these Division Four games. Um, Work Mail says uh, very proud Derry in the media over the McGuigan incident while ignoring the many changing moments that uh, that went against Ross Common. Yeah, look, you know, unfortunately for myself, you know, I can only go on uh, on highlights and and everything else and match reports and whatever whatever you get to see on the Allianz League Sunday, you know. Um, so I I don't really know, but you know, I think Derry are, are looking good. They're playing well. I think they will be Galway, but. Look, you know they haven't they haven't played too many significant teams in the last couple of years, so we'll really know more about Derry in in the next couple of weeks and months and whether they are going to uh, to live up to the hype. Um, so yeah, there we go. There, there's all the games. There's all the big talking points. Let me know your predictions in the uh, in the comments down below as well. Um, in terms of game of the week or, or player of the week, I mean. I suppose, you know, you are looking at that Derry and Galway game, to be fair, and we'll know a lot more about either one of those two counties and when that final whistle goes, you know, are Galway, you know, is their defence going to be a problem? Could it catch up with them? Can Derry take out or beat, you know, one of the big teams um, in the, well, you know, one of the significant teams in this division who've had a 100% record and obviously looking at Division 1, I mean, there's just so much on the line there as well. Um you know, and, and and you're looking at uh, could Tony, you know, Tony Brosnan definitely a player to watch from a Kerry perspective. Sean Bugler for Dublin as well, I think could could really really turn it on in uh, in Crow Park. Could Conor Callaghan come back to the team for Dublin? We just don't know at this point. We really really don't. But um, but yeah, um, we will uh, we will go ahead and uh, and wrap this up here. So yeah, we'll go ahead and wrap this up here. Um, cheers anyone who tuned in. If you could leave a like and subscribe if you're new to the channel. Have a very good St. Patrick's Day. Drink lots of beer if you're of age, of course. And, um, yeah, in, in, enjoy the day. Enjoy the long weekend. And, uh, yeah, plenty of match reactions to come. Plenty more videos to come. So I'll see you later.